I got 15 titles on my mind Seven world ones, one hardcore And seven tags with four different guys I Take her easy, take her easy Don't let the sound of gongs and bells Drive you crazy Lights open, raise my hands Don't even try to understand the supernatural dead man So take her easy Well I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California Such a bright fire I see It's my house, my lord, burned to the floor Lost my parents, brother, everything Come on, Katie Please don't blame Paul Bearer took me in as his and tried to train me. Rarely lose, I usually win. I never thought I'd see you again. You opened up the cell and climbed in so freaking easy. Running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not red, But do call me American Take her easy, take her easy Don't let the sound of Olympus get Drive you crazy Come on, fancy me. I'm coming back, it's the dead man, so take her easy. Creatures of the Night and our PSK Pod Street crew. Welcome to episode 205 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Doria. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is the man who gave me a copy of No Mercy 2002 on DVD for my 17th birthday. I will never forget it. Wrapped in aluminum foil, uh, as was his tradition when he gave (laughs) gifts to me. And uh, Mr. Travis White is his name. And Travis, we are talking about that iconic pay-per-view, the legendary 
main event, a main event that we got a lot of love for, and oh, we're yeah. going to revisit here tonight, watch along style. But before we get into that, Travis, I just need to confirm uh, something that was going around the internet all week uh, for the past few days. Yeah, I just want to confirm that you, in fact, were not blocked by Teddy Long on Twitter <laughs> because you do not, in fact, have a Twitter. <laughs> Exactly. I was not blocked by Denny Long. A lot of other Long people was. were. I bet Undertaker wasn't. Oh, never. <laughs> that was great, man. Teddy blocking people, and turns out it was somebody else, and he did a video from the gym telling him, sorry, player. <laughs> Teddy Long in the gym. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a ruse. He's like, crap, I gotta do something. <laughs> Let's go to the gym so it looks like I'm busy. Yeah. He just bought a membership to play at fitness that day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, Teddy. Well, Taki Never. Taker is not blocked because he has not allowed us to follow him because his tweets are protected. So we have oh, requested geez. to follow him, but he never let us follow him. But we're not blocked, technically. That's good. That's good. It is good. <laughs> well, Teddy Long was not quite around. Well, I guess he was a referee in 2002 or a manager. Might have been a manager at this point. He was not the Teddy Long. Was he with the Mac Militant? He might have been with Mac Militant, nah, Rodney Mac, earlier, Mark think. Henry. Uh, he was not a general manager that we uh, uh, went to. Uh, no, this is 02. Mac Milton wasn't until like 03, 04, I don't think. So, yeah, this probably. It might have been with Mark Henry at this he point. He might have been with Miz Art. Um, or he might have still been a referee. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, No Mercy 2002. We're talking about these two guys here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see who I'm talking about The Undertaker, Big Evil, Red Devil, Biker Taker, and Brock. Lesnar, the undisputed champion at this point, going head-to-head in a absolutely, there's no other word to describe it, violent hell-in-a-cell match, uh, a match that you and I, Travis, we both unanimously rated as the number one match of the Biker Taker era, and it is celebrating its 20-year anniversary here in the month of October. It took place October 20th, 2002, and we are going to revisit it, man. Just like, what comes to mind when you think about this match? What are your first memories and thoughts of it? Uh, Blood. Lots of blood. And just brutal, like you said. And just, uh, this was a coming out for Brock. This is where he was, he was already legit. Look at him. And he'd already beaten the Rock. But this was something that really put him in an upper echelon, you know, like so quickly. And this has really cemented him as the guy. So, what about you? Now, I agree with you 100%. I mean, the blood, we, we could be sponsored by a blood bank for this episode. Maybe we should do a blood drive in connection to this episode because there's so much of it. Um, I, I There's even the manager bleeds during this match, yeah. which is something that you just never see. Uh, and yeah, you know, Brock had had just one of the greatest rookie years ever already up to this yeah. point. He won the King of the Ring. He'd beaten Hulk Hogan. Uh, he'd beaten The Rock at SummerSlam to win the Undisputed Championship. Flair. Uh, Flair, Jeff Hardy, Edge, all sorts of guys. He's beaten everybody. Hall of Famers. And he goes on to this feud with The Undertaker and I think it's really this feud, the ma- the month before it, Unforgiven 2002, where they have a big brawl, and this match, that really is the icing on the cake, that really cements him, pushes him over the top uh, into really earning that next big thing label that is going mm-hmm. to spur his career on to continue to be a driving force in WWE 20 years later. Yeah, has anybody ever debuted the night after WrestleMania, the main invented the next year's WrestleMania? <laughs> You know, I I don't I don't know. He might be the only one. 
He might it's be crazy. the only one. I can't, I can't think of anybody else. It wasn't like head. he changed gimmicks and became a new gimmick. He uh-huh. debuted and uh-huh. a year later was in the main event. It's yeah. just it's just incredible. And he's still going. I mean, we haven't seen him since the SummerSlam this year, but you know he's still around. He'll be back. Oh, yeah. Triple Shaved H. his beard. Yeah, I saw that. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I've, hey, he can do whatever the heck he wants to. He can't. So, still got a ponytail. Come, he might like. come back with a butt cut or something. Who knows? <laughs> Can I come back with just shaved bald, just like Eugene or what's Gene? No, we don't want that. (laughs) Uh, Can't be having that. But yeah, an absolutely classic match. We are going to do it watch along style. Of course, we did cover it originally on the podcast way back on episode 92 of the podcast. Here we are, episode 205. Uh, But this one, uh, it definitely deserves a rewatch and a revisit and a re-celebration of it. So we're going to talk about a little bit about what uh, led into this match, uh, some of the stats and the figures behind it, why it's so important. We're going to get into that a little bit later on in the show. But as we do here on Talking Taker, we are monthly now. Uh, we want to get into all the Undertaker sightings of the past month. Yeah. Boom. Half of <laughs> a half decade destruction shirt. We've, we've, Had to order me one. we've done that. Undertaker's <laughs> done his uh, three decades of destruction. We got a half decade here. But uh, Crazy. Undertaker sightings. Uh, of course, this month brought to you by the new album from Travis White, the new EP streaming now on Apple Music and Spotify. All your streaming services out there. Tidal, Napster, um, Kaza. It's out there. <laughs> LimeWire. LimeWire. It's called Bridges by Travis White. Travis, man, how many albums does this make for you in 2022? Seven or eight? I can't remember. Seven and eight? In 2022? Oh, in 2022. No, yeah. this is just two. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm talking about total. In, no, no, since no. 2020. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you've had a prolific past three years, but uh, yeah. tell us about Bridges, man. It just came out on uh, September 26th? Yeah, Monday for listening to this when it drops. It came out last Monday, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's short, it's sweet, it's a little different style for me. It's a little more on the nose, crazy worshipy, so if you're into that, enjoy it. If not, you can listen, but uh, anyway, it's got my friend on lead vocals on the, the last song on there. Uh, yeah, it's really good to have her. She brings a lot of soul to that song. So, and just really short songs. And uh, I'll I'll break some news here. The album is called Bridges because none of the songs have a bridge in them. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> good. Okay. They're just verses and choruses. That's it. So ah. no bridges. I didn't overcomplicate things. Sometimes when you try to write a bridge of a song, it makes it difficult because you're just trying too hard. Didn't I didn't I wrote these songs almost as quick as they as as like short as they are. So uh, yeah. No bridges in try. So that's why it's called bridges. Just a little little joke for myself. So I like it. I go. dig it. No, it, it's <laughs> it just sounds like a, you know, that's just a, a nice lovely album title, yeah. you know. Like you could interpret it however you want. Exactly. But, there are but, several interpretations, but that's that's, that's cool. the real one. <laughs> that's that's nice. Uh, well like I said it is streaming everywhere. You got YouTube videos for all the songs, lyric videos and um yeah, man, that's the awesome thing about music now is you can just, you know, you can put out three songs and just say, here we are. I don't have to wait till I have a whole, you know, uh, 12 or 14. Yeah, of them. You know, I don't exactly. have to do any fluff. You know, these are the three songs I got. These exactly. three songs I like. Here they are. You can enjoy them. You can listen to them. And they're great. Uh, just a lot of great production on there as well. And uh, you're going to be performing some of them live in the month of October? 
Yeah, October 13th. If you're in the Tri-Cities area, East hey. Tennessee, come on down. It's going to be my last show for the time being. I don't know when I'll get back out. I just, life is Last busy, show for so. 2022. Let's just say Last that. show for 2022. Let's and just say that. Just the foreseeable future, just because, uh, but I'm going to go out with a bang. i got a good set list ready, and got some special guests going to sing with me. So it's going to be fun. I want to perform all these songs and other ones that I've done, and a lot of cool uh, cover songs, too. So some new cover songs I've never done before, so it'll be fun. Let's just say this. I'm, I'm going to hold you to this, Travis, or challenge you. If, if a listener of Talking Taker comes, will you play Taker Easy? Well, you throw it in at least, <laughs> at least the first verse, at least the first verse. Okay. Okay. Sure. So if you are a talking taker listener, tell Travis, <laughs> tell Travis when you get there, yell it out. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you'd like to do medleys. You could throw it into a medley. Somewhere. I do. I feel like I you could do that. This time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that'll be a De- Delta blues barbecue, October the 13th, 13th to 8 PM. All right. Thursday, Thursday the 13th. Night. Come on out. I love it, man. You can stay with me. Man. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> my parents are staying with my mother-in-law. You can stay with me. <laughs> you can park your car in his driveway and sleep in the car. Sleep in the camper. <laughs> I got a camper in the driveway. You do have the camper. That. That's true. <laughs> I love uh, it, man. Proud of you. Excited for you. Uh, and I'm glad you got a show. Undertaker himself has had a few shows yeah. since we last recorded and has got some coming up. Of course, he had two more one Dead Man shows in Cardiff, Wales, uh, the weekend of Clash at the Castle. And he's Great got another show. one coming up at Extreme Rules weekend. Mm. And I, it looks like he's going to be traveling around some of the pay-per-views. I'm sure he won't be at every pay-per-view, but it looks like he's going to be at uh, <laughs> quite a few of them. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me at all at this point. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I, you know, I tried to... F- solicit some responses for that uh the uh cardiff one dead man shows yeah wasn't able to find anything actually didn't even find anything online for as far as recaps go for those you know like i said when i recapped the one in nashville they're very tight on uh recording and photography and all that sort of stuff and i didn't seem like anybody posted any uh notes or anything for the cardiff shows uh but if you are going to the philly show at extreme rules we would love to hear from you yeah uh you know you can come on the show you can tell us about your experience uh at the one dead man show you can recount some of the stories he told just slide into the talking taker dms and let us know if you're going to be there we'd love to have you on there and, and hear more about it but it's very cool that he's doing these and hopefully you and i could go to one uh maybe yeah. sometime love to It'd be great It'd be fantastic you can listen back to last month's episode to hear the full recap of the very first one of those i spilled the beans and uh, recapped pretty much the whole show for you there uh he is going to be also appearing i saw at the pittsburgh steel city comic-con so he is out still uh doing um autograph signings and, and things like that in addition to all the one dead man shows and i just want to reiterate travis our promise our guarantee that if you get a picture with the undertaker in any of our talking taker t-shirts taker easy shirt the one you're wearing the the uh, half decade of destruction shirt any of those with the undertaker post it online share it with us we will send you a very special gift uh exclusive gift from talking taker that you cannot get anywhere anywhere else, anywhere else. Exactly. Offer right. still stands. Yeah. We've had yeah. 
one. <laughs> We've had one. Take us up on it. And yep. uh, and, and then, he got something exclusive. He got something exclusive. And uh, Princeton John, I believe, he got on the Thunderdome wearing a Talking Tank yep. shirt. And we sent him out something special yep. as well. So, uh, hey, if you get on TV, if you get on Raw, SmackDown, AEW, uh, Impact, I, I guess Impact will give you something. Velocity. <laughs> If you go back in time and get on Velocity, <laughs> Main event. we will send you a Talking Taker care package. NXT, if you're wearing a Talking level. Taker shirt on TV, we'll do something yeah. like that. Yeah, NXT Next Level. AEW Dark. <laughs> WCW a- Pro. Any yeah. of that stuff, man. Saturday Night. <laughs> Battle of the Bulge Belts. I mean, whatever it's called. Anything. Uh, speaking of Dead Man Shows, we also can talk about Dead Man Shoes. That's right. That's right. I sent you today some dead man shoes. What's that guy's name? Uh, Damian Lillard from yeah, the Portland Trailblazers, NBA star. Yeah, man. He uh, customized some shoes, some Bros of Destruction shoes. I think the inside sole on the uh, right shoe is Taker, and the inside sole on the left is Kane. Or it's like him with it's like him Kane. with yeah, those him faces <laughs> as like Taker and Kane. So, yeah, giving some love to the Bros of Destruction, you know, in the NBA. You know, you know Kobe, or not Kobe. LeBron wouldn't stood LeBron up. Taker. Did not give any love. But to Damian Taker. Lillard is all about it. I hope Taker goes to visit him. Well, to be fair, LeBron did. He wore the shirt, but he did not. He didn't want to talk with Undertaker. So. Yeah, well, he's not talking Taker. And he's so. <laughs> yeah, you know who would have been Michael Jordan. You think Kobe so? Bryant. <laughs> I think so. I tell you, Car- Carl Malone would have been. And oh, Robin. Carl Malone would have skipped the game. <laughs> yeah. Sat out there talking with Taker. <laughs> oh, Robin would have, man. for sure. Man, that's just neat. Like, it, it just shows you um, the impact that the Undertaker crossover. had, the crossover effect beyond um, beyond professional wrestling fans. Well, yeah, well obviously, no... he is a wrestling fan, yeah. but, like, you know, that's a. I mean, he's one of the probably top 10, top 15 guys in NBA. I don't follow NBA hardcore, but, like, yeah. I know that guy. I know he's a I star. And um, that's a big deal for him to yeah. do something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was re- retweeted and stuff all over today, everywhere. It was it, all kind of sports places were retweeted and stuff. It was, it was cool. But, yeah, like I said, it's not like a promotion that WWE is trying to nope. do with him. He just did it on his own. Like, I think he has a endorsement from these insoles or something for the shoes, and so he just custom designed those as right. like, How cool is that? You could have chosen anything, and he chose Taker and Kane. It's, it's awesome. It's like the UFC fighter from yeah. uh, last month that, that yep. did his entrance. You know that wasn't sponsored or anything like no. that. That was just because he's a fan and because of the cultural impact of Taker, which is you know that's mm-hmm. why, why we do this podcast, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I had one more story. It's not really an Undertaker sighting, uh, but it's something that I stumbled across online um, the other day, and I took a screenshot of it. I was on Reddit, you know, on, on the wrestling Reddit, which, you know, I spend yeah, too much time while I'm while I'm at work scrolling on there trying to kill time. But, um, and it, it is tangentially uh, related to The Undertaker. So um, I wanted to share it. I thought it was funny. I hadn't heard it before. 2016. Undertaker, WrestleMania 32 versus Shane McMahon, of course. Hell in a Cell match, Travis. You remember that well, don't you? I do. And what do you, if you were to describe that storyline in one word, what's one word that comes to mind about the Undertaker, Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon storyline, WrestleMania 32? Pointless. I mean, there was, I don't know, there was no storyline. There the, wasn't one. Well, what was the storyline between Vince and Shane? What were they fighting over? 
the uh golly was it the statue or whatever no it was the uh god i can't think of what it's called it was the the papers or whatever the, the lockbox lock 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 yeah, lock lock that's right yeah the lock so box. we all wondered there was a shane What's had a lockbox box? yeah shane had the lockbox with the secrets about vince he was going to bring those out um if he were if he, he were to beat the other later <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's what this uh, 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 thread was about originally. But um, so I cannot confirm this. This is just a random guy on Reddit. But um, they're talking about the lockbox, and this guy um, uh, just just Gentile, I guess he's called <laughs> just Gentile. I asked a former head writer I met doing some YouTube work about Shane's lockbox, and what he basically explained to me was Vince came in very excited about the lockbox pitch. He didn't tell anyone where he was going with it. And so then they wrote the entire show around it that night on Raw. <laughs> Next week at Raw, the uh, creative meeting comes to get Raw together. And everyone says, all right, what's going to happen with the lockbox? And Vince didn't even remember what the lockbox was or that he'd even talked about it that week before. <laughs> so he said, if I don't remember it, surely the audience won't either. <laughs> <laughs> Baloney. That's the, yeah, that's the only thing that the audience remembers is what's in the box. I just uh, thought that first of all, it reveals the uh, the uh, secret of the lockbox and that there was none uh, after yeah, all. Surprise to no one. Yeah, but that just speaks so much. Um, I guess to Vince always, but really, you know, I'd say of the past five to ten years or so of his, just the way he thinks, the way it's like, ah, forget it. They, you know, we'll just move on. They'll get over it. They won't remember it. I don't remember it. So who cares if they remember it? And yet as wrestling fans, we're some of the most obsessive fans yeah. ever. And that's all we think about and all we want to know about. It's just, it cracked me up. Man. Uh, I, I thought I should good. share that. That's pretty good. That's super funny. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say six years later, Shane dumped that lockbox out onto the attorney's <laughs> table after they let him go after Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> Here we are. But Here we are. I wish Vince the best in his retirement, <laughs> and uh, Triple H is killing it right now. That's all I got to say. Man, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Raw and SmackDown doing great, and a lot of great storylines, a lot of great entertainment. Fun time to be a wrestling fan right now. Yeah, it a is. AEW super hey. fun as well, some Great stuff at the uh, Grand Slam event. They've been an absolute train wreck for a while. Well, then, backstage, yes. Yeah, and then they just like hit a reboot last week, and it's like, all right, let's go. So, yeah, yeah, true, true. Anyway, well, that's it, man. I don't have anything else. Current day Undertaker going on. Oh, I read a story today online. It was an interview all right. that uh, McIntyre, Drew McIntyre. We've talked about this before, but it was just an interview I read today, and he was saying that. Uh, in 2000 and whatever it was, six, eight, when were they there? Eight, eight maybe? Him and Sheamus came up to the main roster, and he was oh, saying that, okay. yeah. you know, this Vince was a big pitch and back. You know, he was the chosen one, and we've heard about how he was, Taker had told him, don't be a wrestler, quit playing wrestler, don't be a wrestler. But he was just saying in this interview that he wished, like, all the stuff Taker told him back then is, 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 so it was true then, but it's more true now. He wishes he had yeah. the insight he had now. He said, but Vince told him, like, you're going to be my guy on SmackDown. Sheamus, my guy on Raw. Those are the two. Like, we got to build new stars. The Attitude Area guys are going out. You're, Triple H is going to mentor Sheamus. Taker's going to mentor you. Like, that was directives from Vince, which we've kind of 
beat around the bush about that in interviews from both those guys. So I'm, it was kind of cool to hear yeah. that. That was the deal. But, you know, he's like, you know, Taker always was nice to me and the way he handled himself. He taught me how to be professional backstage, you know, like just the way he handled backstage arguments and this and that and the wrestler's court. And he said, honestly, the, mo- the thing I learned most about him was just how much he took. He said he was just literally couldn't walk backstage. He'd be laying on ice or sitting there. And it'd be like, he was talking about a, a Mexico house show, live event, whatever, excuse me, live event. Uh, can we call them house shows now, Triple H? Back in, I don't know, pal. <laughs> but uh, anyway, a Mexico house show. He's backstage, just can't even move. And then all of a sudden, he's just standing at Gorilla, and his music hits, and he walks out, and then just does the match like he's a luchador. He's just oh. like, the, the effort, the guy, and he never whined, never cried. He just did it. And it was a house show in Mexico. Like, just the respect it he has for the fans and just how he gives it 100%. So it was just cool. Again, nothing groundbreaking, nothing we don't already know and have proof of, but it was cool to hear a current guy say something about Taker that wasn't like, oh, he's an old man yelling at the clouds, you know. So it was nice. So. Yeah, and, and uh, you, you can tell, you know, his impact is going to have an impact for generations because Drew McIntyre is going to be around that guy now, for yeah. the next 10 years or so. Um, and Drew is a locker room leader. And, and he'll pass that down that, yeah. you know, to the next generation as well. Yeah, there are guys that are still in the middle of that old school mm-hmm. and new school, like a Drew, like a Sheamus, like a Cody right. Rhodes, like uh, Roman even. you know, He's kind of in the middle of the, the new AJ. But there's some guys that are just, you know, it's just they're still carrying that torch of the older yeah. generation, but still – Got a new, you know, swagger about him and stuff. So anyway, it's just, it's cool. Well, I'll tell you, one of the matches is, that is the reason why the Undertaker could barely walk sometimes is the one we're going to cover <laughs> right go. here, right Great now. Segue. No Mercy 2002, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell, the main event, Undisputed Championship. Like I said, 20th anniversary of this match. Um, one of the greatest matches of either man's career, I would have to say. One of the most violent, uh, one of the yeah. best Hell in a Cell matches. You know, everybody, you always hear about Bad Blood 97, rightfully so. You hear about King of the Ring 98, rightfully so. And I think this one is, is probably right up there with it as one of the top ones ever. Yeah, um, I'm going to put these three and then the one that Seth and Cody just had this year. Dude, Golly. I mean, that's yeah. probably one of the best ones Some of the, the past four best ones. five or ten years, Taker for and, sure. Taker and Triple H and Mania. Uh, right. With Sean. Those might be the top that five right there. So. Well, we're not going to go through the whole build for this matchup. If you want to hear about all that, go back to episode 92. And actually, you don't even have to scroll that far on your podcast feed. Exactly. I did something a little different with uh, the podcast feed this month. I brought episode 92 back from the dead, if you will. And it is right there at the top of our podcast feed. So you just scroll down one from this current podcast. Uh, if you want to hear that classic episode, Talk and Take, we're going to try to do more of those things. We got 200 plus episodes of Talk and Take. You're going to try to bring some of them back from the dead, uh, reboot them at the top of your podcast feed because they're fun to listen to. Man, I, I listen to the old ones all the time, actually. Like, I, I'm going through 95 superstars right now. Uh, I, I watch, put those on the background while I'm working. Uh, and, you know, when I hit a pay-per-view, I'll watch the pay-per-view, and I'll listen back to the Talking Taker on that go. pay-per-view. Man, some of those early episodes, they're, they're evergreen. They're timeless, and that's the great thing about them. So, right. uh, And they're free. Our entire archive's all free, all available wherever you listen to podcasts. Go check them out. Enough about us. Let's talk about this match. Man, uh, Travis, do you remember much about the buildup to this match? And if so, what exactly do you remember? I remembered 
that there was a cast, a broken hand backstage. I remembered that. Uh, and I remembered that's about it. That's about <laughs> what I remembered from this buildup. Do you um, remember how that hand was broken? Wasn't it, was it crushed backstage or was it uh, in like a fence or something? Some kind of gate? Yeah, you're thinking of the right area. Undertaker's okay. actually having a match with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. A, a yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah. Falls Count Anywhere match. And Matt Hardy is, oddly enough, like the third man in this whole <laughs> rivalry this whole month. Uh, he's at the very, very Always beginning. Always a Never a <laughs> You know? Poor Matt Hardy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's cool. It's like this is the highest profile spot he's been in as a yeah. solo act up to this point. And uh, he literally, he debuts the Matt Facts during this whole buildup. It's the first time he does anything like that. So he's really starting to build up that V1 character. Um, he just he just came over from Raw or something too, didn't he? I correct. Think he, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he had just split up yeah. with Jeff. Correct. That's right. Okay. Uh, so he's having that match with Undertaker. Brock Lesnar comes in and interferes and he picks up like a, uh, I don't know what, like a keg or something. Yeah. And smashes Taker's hand That's with it. it. And it's really one of the first times we see Undertaker just as vulnerable. He's like screaming yeah. and crying out in pain. Uh, and he gets this cast put on him. And, you know, I assume it's, it's a work, but it's so weird to see him with this cast on throughout this feud and into this match. It's a kind of an old school way of building to things that you don't see so much with the, with yeah. the fake cast. We haven't seen a good fake cast angle in a while. No, we haven't. Really haven't. Not the... Uh... Last cast I remember was Angle, like in 2006 or something. His leg. Oh my gosh! 2005, <laughs> That's maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in the, the wheelchair. Did Zack Ryder have a cast on when he got pushed off? No, he just had uh, neck brace he on. Made, yeah, he had neck brace on for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a good fake cast, but yeah. uh, Bob Orton, of course. Bob Orton's had... still wearing that cast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Randy will come back with a cast on. I like that. I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. There's another element to this build-up, Travis. So we've got this blood feud between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, and they've built it up. Um, there's this the, Half the time, they're doing all this great interviews and promos with Brock Lesnar being the young guy, the new face of this ruthless aggression era, and Taker being the old guard. You know, Brock's trying to beat him and earn that respect from everybody. Some great promo work between both these guys. Yeah. And then... Every other segment, they're doing this soap opera nonsense with Sarah, who is the Undertaker's wife at the time, who is pregnant at the time, and mm. a woman named Tracy. Mm, Tracy. Do you remember Tracy? I remember Tracy now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, because even at the time, I remember episode 92, I was, we were talking about how it's just like, why? We didn't need that for this. We didn't. I understand the sports entertainment's part of it, but... Not this. If there's a story that doesn't need that part, it's this. These are just two guys slugging in a way that hate each other. That's all you had to do. So for those of you who don't remember, Tracy is a woman who Paul Heyman brings over to SmackDown who yeah. supposedly has had a recent affair with The Undertaker who is a married man with a pregnant wife. Never take our relationship public. 
trying to psychologically twist uh, and plays mind games with Undertaker in these days. It's this all this soap opera stuff. And, it, you know, as I was thinking about it, man, I just think about that. I feel like they were trying to inject some realism uh-huh. into this angle, quote unquote. It's at the same time, literally at the same time going on that Undertaker's brother Kane is dealing with Katie Vick. Yeah. And all of that on Raw is going on <laughs> concurrently. <laughs> But when we say we want realism as wrestling fans, it's the other stuff where like Undertaker and Brock are talking about Brock trying to take the spot of the Undertaker right. and that, that real life tension between these two guys trying to hang on to their spot. That's the realism that we want. That's the, the kind of stuff AEW that we want. Scrum that's a work. <laughs> Not a shoot. Exactly. Yeah, give me that. We don't need <laughs> yeah. fake uh, uh, mistresses and things like that, or yeah. you know, I, I won't even there's say that. Time, there, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. yeah, Raven and Tommy Dreamer, perfect example of this, but told in the right context. That was the basis for their storyline. This is yeah. not yeah. the basis. This just comes in later. Like it's just like an added thing. So yeah, yeah, the time and a place for all of it. You know, on Raw, soon after this, there'll be HLA. I'm I'm just kidding. There's no time, no place for that. I'm just kidding. But I'm saying, you know, there's certain moments that you, certain characters that don't need this stuff. And this was, these are certainly two characters that don't need it. It's the characters. You're right. We we don't, we don't need to see the Undertaker's wife, period. We never needed to see Sarah, much less having storylines built off that multiple ones. Um, But I actually did some research, man. I uh, I try to do a little extra research for these episodes nowadays that were, they were digging into something a second time. And I want to talk about Tracy. Tracy, the, the woman who played the Undertaker's mistress in the storyline. And I looked her up. She's not hard to find online. Her name is Tracy Dolly. Uh, born September 17th, 1966 in Oceanside, California. And uh, she was an actress. She was an actress and a model. And uh, I kind of want to go through her her history with you, Travis, because I, I find it to be quite interesting. Okay. Uh, I was wondering, like, where in the world did this woman come from? How did she get to be, because she's not a wrestler, she's not affiliated with right. wrestling at all. How did she wind up uh, in this spot, in this spot, part, playing this part? Um, and I, I think I pinpointed exactly where she came from. All right. Uh, with it. So number one, she does have an IMDb with about 50 different entries on it. So she is all an right. actress. She is an actress in some things that are not on IMDb. I'll let you figure out. Do some work. There it is. Um, Paul Heyman found her. That is probably (laughs) where she got found. Yes. She's in some cool things, though. I had no idea. Um, Her first credit on IMDb, 
Back to the Future Part 2 as oh, Jacuzzi Girl number two. <laughs> that says everything I need to know. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Also, an Encino Man. <laughs> oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> Cashmere Rajni, why don't you just chill? No buts, too. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we think that you ooze. Uncredited. So she's most of these are uncredited. So I feel like she's basically a background worker yeah. in most of these. But Encino Man, I thought you'd appreciate that. I love it. Uh, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. She was in an episode of an episode of Martial Law, starring Sammo Hung. <laughs> she used to come on before Raw on Monday nights. Uh, Pacific Blue. Another USA Network show. USA Network fan. Um, She was on The Young and the Restless. She was on Curb Your Enthusiasm for an episode. Uh, She was in Get Him to the Greek, which was uh, one of her more recent credits. Uh, She was in, and this is where I believe she came from, to the WWE. She was actually a uh, uncredited role in The Scorpion King in 2002. So I am guessing someone saw her on the set of The Scorpion King and brought her in to play this role. That's that is probably, where I think she comes from. That's probably what happened. I feel like that's what happened. This old Dwayne, old DJ. And then she's called. in... Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. She's in one more credit that I... Uh, I don't know if anyone else listening to this is going to get, Travis, but I... I, I need to know that you're going to get this, and uh, I feel like you are. All right. <laughs> 1993, she was on an episode of a television show called America's Funniest People. Do you remember that program? That was with, uh, that's, uh, yeah, with Joey Gladstone. Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier, yeah. Uh, Bob Saget was on America's Funniest Home Videos, and then Dave Coulier had America's Funniest People. I watched both of them. What do you remember about America's Funniest People with Dave That, what I remember. The Jackalope. She played the Jackalope's girlfriend on an episode of America's Funniest People. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I did not see that coming. Of course, they never mentioned jackalopes. Just when you thought it was safe to check the mailbox, Jackalope 3 Terror came. COD. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to know the show, and I knew you were going to do the uh, the jackalope voice. All right. I love it. Oh, jackalope. Uh, that's amazing. If I there's haven't thought one, of that in years. If there's one other listener who recognizes that, it's probably Randy Turco. But uh, yeah. if there's anyone else, uh, I need to know. I need to know if, you, if we got any Jackalope fans out there. <laughs> that is such a stupid thing that has burned into oh, yeah. our brains. Uh, I did that voice the other day for my kids for something, and they're like, "What is that?" I was like, "Ah, don't worry about it." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna I'm understand. Not gonna... <laughs> yeah, because I don't. <laughs> I don't even understand. You're right. <laughs> That's amazing. So she oh. went from the Jackalope's girlfriend to the Undertaker's girlfriend. What a dating history for oh, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd appreciate that. I do. Encino Man and the Jackalope. That's amazing. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to also talk about, give some stats and figures before we get into this match. 
uh, that I'd like to do when somebody's watching alongs as far as the Undertaker's history and legacy here, as far as Hell in a Cell goes and No Mercy goes. Um, this is No Mercy 2002, and Undertaker kind of had a rough go of it on No Mercy pay-per-views, man. He has competed at eight of them uh, across his history, and he actually has a 1-7 and seven overall record at Dang. No Mercy. So a bad losing record at No Mercy. Dang. His only win came in 2001 against... Test? Ooh, close. His tag team partner at that time, Booker T. Booker T. Yeah. Mm, His only no mercy win of all time. Uh, Taker has a much better record inside Hell in a Cell itself. Yeah. An eight and six overall record, 14 Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, Actually, before this match here in 2002, he had a three and two Hell in a Cell record. And then when you include this match, he has a five and four Hell in a Cell record. Uh, So there's that. But unfortunately, he has an 0-2 record against Brock Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, They faced off, of course, at this match, and then 13 years later at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, where Undertaker lost in another very good match, a very good late-era Undertaker match. And Nobody else has ever beaten him twice in a Cell, have they? No one has ever beaten him twice in a Cell. Uh, There have actually been 51 Hell in a Cell matches in WWE, (laughs) and (coughs) only... Brock and Taker and one other combination of two guys have had two Hell in a Cell matches together. Have had a Hell in a Cell rematch. Do you have any guesses as to other Hell in a Cell rematch? Only other one in history. Is it Randy Orton and somebody? It is Randy Orton. And mm, it's not Seth, is it? It is not Seth. Uh, I don't know. It is John Cena. Cena, okay. Yep. Two matches I couldn't tell you a darn thing about. Not that Uh, memorable. No, I don't remember those. I mean, I remember that. I remember one. I don't remember the second one, but I'm not surprised. Well, one was in 2009. One was in 2014. And I will give a little asterisk to this. Uh, CM Punk did face Ryback in 2012 in Hell in a Cell and then faced Ryback and Paul Heyman the very next year in 2013 at Hell in a Cell in a match that I have zero memory of when I was doing my research for this. I remember that. I remember the first one because I was there live because it was in Atlanta and I went to the show in 2012. I don't even remember at all that he faced Paul Heyman and Ryback. Uh, Apparently, Paul Heyman never even got in the ring, so he did kind of technically have the third Hell in a Cell rematch uh, against Ryback there. But wow. I don't remember that at all. And I was watching yeah. pretty religiously at that time. That was when Heyman had turned on him. and uh, I remember the storyline. He was going with, yeah, trying to get Ryback. Re- Ryback was a bad guy at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they tried to reheat him up, and it's not working. I don't remember them having a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, I don't think it was very long, if I'm not mistaken. Probably not. So yeah, there's some uh, little uh, fun fun facts and figures for you. Fun fact for you, yeah. yeah. There we go. That's good there stuff. You, go. you want to get to this match? 
Let's do it. Let's do it, man. We're going to do this watch along style as we have done many times. I'm sure you're very well familiar with the watch along style. We will give you the timestamp here on Peacock to cue this match up. We will do a running commentary for it. If you want to watch along with us, if not, we will make it just as entertaining. Uh, whether you're out there at the gym, driving in the car, you can still listen to this and enjoy it. Even if you're not watching it. So, uh, uh, we had this issue last time we did a watch along here, Travis, on Peacock. But <laughs> you and I, we appear to be at the same place watching the video, and yet you and I have two different time cues. So yeah. uh, they're only a couple seconds apart. Uh, I'm at two thirteen thirty seven. You're at what? Two thirteen thirty four. Weird. I think we have the same. I got a red N and a barbed wire O on the screen. So yeah. So basically, you know, you're gonna. Get over to the point where uh, Tager and Brock, the video package is over, and we're just about to start the match. Yeah, as soon as it ends, we're going to get into this. Uh, There's about 30 minutes here between the entrance and the matches and all that before the show goes off the air. Um, Do your best to get there as soon as the video package ends. The timestamp may be totally different for you, but we're around 213, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. Doesn't really matter. As long as you're there, you'll pretty much get what we're talking about. So Exactly. Uh, we'll give you a chance to get there. Uh, maybe we'll play the video package right here uh, with the recap for the match. Give you a minute to pause for the cause. Get ready for the match. Get the time queued up. Nothing compared to the hell that 
And Travis, why don't you give us the countdown as you are the one to do that. (laughs) (laughs) You are the traditional timekeeper. The chosen one. Yes. The keeper of the time. TikTok. Uh, All right. So we're going to count this down from three, two, one, play. So let's go. And three, two, one, play. All right. Got Brock on the screen. Great music. Always. It took me years to hear the, the record scratch in it. Like once really? I got the album, I don't think I ever heard it like in the arenas. Yeah. Look how, I mean, he just, he's such a beast right there, but look how such a, like a baby he looks compared he to the like the man incarnate. He is now. It's great. And look how small Paul Heyman is. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh... Small Heyman. <laughs> if you're watching, I have my laptop on my lap. That's why I'm. Looking down. Well, so. That's where it's supposed to be. It's called a laptop. Look at this. I like this uh, production, though. The view through the chain link. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> they actually... Um, I'm not listening to the uh, commentary now, but, you know, I listened to our original episode. They actually talk about how Brock Lesnar is choosing to enter first here. It is the champion's prerogative whether they enter first or last. And he wants to enter first because he wants to be in there waiting for Undertaker. Um, And I just really appreciated that from Cole and Taz right there. Yeah, that's a great little note. And just a great, just a small character thing to just build up that this guy doesn't care. Like he's there to wreck the Undertaker, you know? He's not afraid of him. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's, look at that big cell. It's just so it's come a long way in the last in the five years it's been around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's colored red now. Oh, I mean in twenty two thousand two. Oh, oh in two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Not it's only been around for five years, and it's still it's still it's bigger than the originals. No, it is. But yeah, now it's like neon red. Yeah. And Undertaker is one of the guys who really established this match, and of course. I mean, I'd say he's the guy who established it with uh, Bad Blood and uh, King of the Ring 98 as well. Yeah, when I think of Hell in a Cell, I think of The Undertaker. I know that Triple H is very well affiliated with it because he's had so many. Uh, I think Punk's had several, too. He has. Roman's probably had several. Roman's had a few. Randy, Seth. Yeah. All those guys. If you say, who do you think of when you think of Hell in a Cell, I think of The Undertaker. Like, I always will. Yeah, you made a great point, man. Seth and Cody had probably the best one of the past five or ten years. Uh, really kind of reestablished it there. And even if he hadn't had that giant bloodless, oh, look at that man coming out, Taker. The red and black attack. I like that sign. And I know uh, I know New Day and uh, Usos had a really good one. Mm-hmm. Look, he's not riding the bike down. He's walking. <laughs> There's no way. There's nowhere to fit the bike. Exactly. <laughs> you just ride it into the thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, Hell in a Cell's been watered down because of PG-ness and because they feel like they have to do it, and it's become just like, oh, it's a pay-per-view, so we have to have it. This, the Hell in a Cell, served the story. It like, did, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it told a story here. Um, it wasn't just because it was October. It was because this story needed it, so I appreciate that. And I understand why they brand him, and we've talked about that ad nauseum on here. But, sure. Um, but it is nice to have this be an organic one. And look at this, going right at it. I love it. I love, uh, or I, I don't love, but it's interesting that uh, Taker didn't slam the door 
there. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of sort of a taker tradition to slam the door behind him at Hell in a Cell. But mm-hmm. I guess that's more of a dead man tradition here than the uh, right. big evil. Yeah. It's weird seeing him with that giant white cast on. It is going to play a role here. It has played a role in the buildup. He has Ooh. used it as a weapon uh, against Brock Lesnar, has busted him open. Uh, we actually brought out our talking taker blood tracker yeah, in the whole buildup to this. <laughs> I think there were seven instances of blood, including this match, uh, amongst all the buildups. So everybody's getting busted open all the time throughout this. Um, it was a big deal whether Stephanie was going to allow him to wear the cast. And he actually got a uh, some sort of steroid or cortisol injection or something yeah. before the match. There's a backstage scene with him getting injected, getting some performance-enhancing drugs uh, before this match starts. <laughs> Our baby oh. face hero, The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah getting some PDs. Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's probably what he would have said. So he had just recently turned face oh, to yeah. feud with Brock. Yeah, just two basically. months before this. He'd been a yeah. heel throughout all of 2002. Vengeance, up to this. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about the Vengeance event. We re- rewatched that uh, triple threat on here. And, exactly. Uh, that was right his last night, night as a heel. After. Yeah. Last night he turned. ever had as a heel in his, the rest of his career. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, crazy, I mean, he's crazy. probably having, uh, I mean, you might could argue a career year here in 2002. I mean, he's having some of his best in-ring work ever at this point, 12 years also into his Hulk career. Also Hulk Hogan. Mm, <laughs> also a match with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I mean, that was also happening. Yep. Some <laughs> no, of the I best agree. and the worst. Yep. 2002 is one of the greatest in-ring years in the history of wrestling. Period. And I will, For anyone. Yeah, I will stand by that. Uh, that's a good good argument 2002 is absolute 2001 even as well but 2002 when you got these four bright shiny new toys in Brock Lesnar John Cena Randy Orton Batista I mean Batista's not even on the scene yet he might have just debuted around this time yeah Yeah. I think by the time we get to Armageddon he's Batista he's not Deacon anymore and he's going to be with Flair I think so I think right. he's fl- flopped to Raw, so yeah, yeah, he might he may have been, but he's he wasn't the Batista we know. But the other three are getting pushed pretty well. This one, the most, you know, Brock obviously the biggest draw out of all of them. And that's so uh, important. Point. That's so important to remember here. He is a rookie. He yeah. is six months onto the main roster <laughs> yeah. at this point, and here he is in a hell in a cell as the champion With against the Undertaker and absolutely holding his own. I mean, yeah. that is unheard of. And you know that was Taker's job right here was to make this guy be legit. Like we have to establish this guy is a legitimate threat, you know, and he is a beast. He is the next big thing. You know, we we established that with him beating Rock, but we got to cement it. But how many times have we seen that and have they done that? And it's been a flop. You know, the guys cannot uh, live up to that. Who's the German guy? uh, Kozlov? No. No, I'm talking Ludwig Borga. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, take your pick. Luther Reigns, yeah. Giant Gonzalez, take your pick, man. The, the Undertaker's yeah. career is littered with those guys. These guys, yeah. He's always been there as he uh, mm-hmm. takes Brock down with that cast. And you can see that Band-Aid on Brock's face from when he yep. was busted open uh, probably a week or two ago on SmackDown. Yep. Is that ref Mike Kyoto here? That is Mike Kyoto in there holding things down. Oh, hit him in the head with the cast. I like that. It's legal. It's hell in a cell. Anything it is. Goes. And look at Taker selling it, though. Yeah. Like, you yeah, don't ever see that with someone with a cast. Mm-mm. Like, But his his arm is broken. 
It doesn't matter. His The cast doesn't make it not hurt. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's still going to hurt. As someone who's had casts on both of his arms in his in his life before, I can tell you oh. that it still friggin' hurts if you bang that cast against something. It's going to hurt the other person, but it's going to hurt you too. Yeah, I love no that doubt. Taker sells that. Not to mention unsetting your bone. And Brock <laughs> right. is busted open. He now. is there. And he's going to be selling like he probably hasn't sold before because he's – if there's one guy who can take him to the limit, it's The Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker is probably the first person to ever bust him open. Uh, like I said, I know it's so. already happened on TV, but uh, I don't think anyone besides Undertaker has ever done that. Look at Heyman. Heyman, yeah, he can't believe it. He is so good. Heyman's performance in this match, uh, I put it right up there with his performance at the WrestleMania 30 with Undertaker and Lesnar. I mean, it's he makes this match mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's uh, being a manager is an art form, and not everybody can. You can't just throw a Stacey Keeper out there. No, Paul Heyman is Picasso. If managing yeah. is an art form, Paul Heyman is Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> Take her about to go up, ever climb up the inside. Oh, drop a boot. Yeah, using the cell, innovative offense. I yep. like it. Throwing Brock again. Brock is vulnerable here. He hasn't been. Take her. I mean, Heyman just yelling, Brock, Brock. Ooh, look at this camera shot. That's good stuff. That is good stuff, dude. Brock getting cheese gratered across the cage yeah. here. And here's, like, I don't... I appreciate the blood here because of the story. I don't need blood in every single match or every week or anything, but here it serves the story, and I understand why they don't do it a lot nowadays. Of course. I'm not mad if some pops up every now and then, you know? <laughs> well, if it's going to pop up, it's usually in a Brock match hard way. <laughs> just, True, yeah, just he gets go. away with it. This is false count anywhere. Uh-huh. You just hit him on the outside. So Sometimes that changes. It yeah. changes from match to match inside Hell in a Cell, it seems like. Yeah. Sometimes you can pin him on top. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to pin him in the ring. And just whatever they need the finish to be that night is what they're going to make. Bingo. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, you know, there's no spoilers here. We've already talked about this match. You've already Everyone's already seen this match. But um, it's super interesting that... They never leave the cell here, which might be the first one up to this point. One of the first. Uh, <coughs> it was more common at this time for them to leave the cell than it was to not leave the cell. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool that they have such a great match without resorting to any spots where they have to throw somebody Golly. off the top of the cell. Brock is lawn darted into that. I mean, he, he can't sell like that for anybody else. No. The Rock's not going to handle him like that. No. Flair's not going to. RVD's mm-hmm. not going to. Test isn't going to. None of these guys, these, the Hardys, none of these guys are going to be able to handle him. This is the only guy on the roster that can handle him like this. And Taker, ooh, again, risking his own his own broken bone to punch him in the head <laughs> with a cast. It's so unique. We've never seen a match with Undertaker with a cast Mm-mm. like that, and it really does add something to it. Yeah, this is uh, it. Oh. It's a nice little storyline twist to it that you don't see very oh. much. Apron leg drop. Very old school. Yeah, it very much is. It reminds me of the Memphis shows we watched. You know, It's something you'd seen back in Memphis. You know, you know what cast? I don't notice all that often? What's that? It's because his hair is usually covering it. That tattoo on his neck. On the back of his the neck. The back of his neck, yeah. Oh, take I just don't think about top. that very much. Take her going Walking. to the top. Oh, my. It's What's more, he going to do? It's not old school. He's going to oh. hold on. <laughs> what would you call that, Travis? <laughs> I call that a 180 knee drop on the apron. <laughs> I don't think I think he made it up right there. I call it botchamania. Yeah. <laughs> 
But, you know, Brock, I tell you what. What do you think he was going for? I don't know. He just remembered his match with Jeff Hardy and <laughs> just tried to, to do something. Monkey bar across the cell and he opted against around. it and then yeah. fell around and did something where he landed on Brock. And here's Heyman talking smack through there, reaching through, trying to grab Taker. Yeah, those like camera holes something. in the uh, cell. So he's got his whole arm through the cage. Swiping like a kitten at the Undertaker, <laughs> what which is not a good he's idea. Do? There's a guy in his formal wear right there in the crowd. Yeah. Oh, oh, big boot to Heyman. Taker, I mean, Heyman has the same, like, bone structure as a referee. He gets booted one time and he just collapses. <laughs> American flag WWE shirt over there. Yeah. Those were popular at the time. Oh, Heyman's up. Heyman is oh. up and look oh, at that. No. Paul Heyman wearing a crimson mask. When yeah. have you ever seen that before? Really? Oh, this is the best. Taker just boom, slamming him in. He's pulling his tie. Pulling his necktie. Through the fence hole. And just yo-yoing him back and forth. And he moves out of the way and Brock Lesnar. Oh, oh no. man. I was trying to think before. Has Paul Heyman ever bled before this or after this? I mean, it's super uh, rare if it's I, happened before. I don't know. And just two years after this, Heyman would feud with Taker again and the Dudley Boys. He's one of the Undertaker's longest rivals. It really is. Man. We talked from, about that throughout the history of the show, for sure. From managing him in WCW exactly. to being his longest-standing rival. Dudley Boys, CM Punk, yeah. Brock Lesnar. And look at that, dude. He's right there in the camera shot. Oh, he knows where to be. He, he does know where to be. Oh, that's a great shot. That's great. I'm right up against Taker. Yeah, back-to-back -back with the chain mesh in between his bloodied head. And we oh. talked about this on our original episode, but, man, they did a lot to really sell you on the brutality of the hell in a cell itself yeah. during this time. And that's why Paul Heyman is bleeding right now, is to sell yeah. you not just on this match, but on the hell in a cell concept, structure. on the structure. Yeah. They did interviews with Timmy White before this match, who separated his shoulder in a previous hell in a cell match, just to talk about how hell in a cell takes a toll. No one is ever the same after Hell yeah. in a Cell. And uh, they just don't do as good of a job of building that up these days. Right. Heyman took his belt off, hope his pants stay up, and he passed <laughs> it in there to Brock. Brock is made putting the belt on the uh, cast. On the cast arm, on the right arm. Turn into a strap match. That's so brilliant, though. It is. Now he's got to feed it through to Heyman. Heyman's holding it That's up. That's creative. Oh, this is genius. It's great storytelling. Again, this uh, five-star matches don't have to be flip-flop fly, super athleticism. It's telling the story right here. It's This is a story. Ooh. I'm not saying this is a five-star match. Big chair shot. But I'm saying it is, it's on its way. You I'll know, say it's, it. It's, it's, it's five there. stars in my it's book. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. I don't care Brock's what Dave Meltzer it. gives it. It's five stars oh, to me. Smashing that hand while Heyman is holding it. This is just beautiful storytelling. He hit him so hard with that chair, it ripped through the leather belt. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the belt ripped. I don't even that's know if that was insane. supposed to happen. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> so now we're just going to improvise. And Brock is going to tear go the cast to med off. Med school. Tear the cast off. <laughs> you got to get scissors, dude. 
Dude, I never had a cast on. You got to cut it off. Uh, they're not easy to come off. That's kind of the whole point. Dremel tool, yeah. Oh, take, but Taker's not going to take it. He's going to fire back. And even with the injured hand. Well, I was going to say a few minutes ago was yeah. that I don't think that Brock Lesnar gets the credit for his selling. I don't think he ever no. has. He is, and I'm not just saying this, he is legitimately one of the best sellers that's ever been in the business. Obviously a Mr. Perfect, a Dolph Ziggler, something like that. A uh, Rick Rude, dude, selling the uh, Atomic <laughs> Drops. The atomic drops. <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, Brock is one of the best sellers that there is. One of the best. I I think he gets crap because... Um, he's know, Brock. Well, he does have times where he squashes people. Like, sure. He squashes oh, Kofi Kingston. I'm not saying he all the time. Well, yeah, that's my point. Like, yeah. you know, he has those moments where he squashes Kofi Kingston or he squashes um, Ricochet or somebody yeah. like that. And I, an people think... Idol. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, people just think in their heads, guy, this guy doesn't care. Or, like, you know, that weird match he had with Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. That those guys just Ugh. didn't click or whatever. But, dude, watch his match with Daniel Bryan. Watch his match with AJ Styles. AJ, oh. Like, watch yeah. his match with CM Punk. Him and Taker. Yeah. He, these guys that are smaller than him, and he will... There is always a spot in that match where it's like one of the best near falls you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio. He had that Rey match Mysterio. with Mysterio where him and Dominic did the 619. Yep. It's a great near fall. Somebody shared on Twitter the other day. It was going viral. Like the Daniel Bryan hitting that running knee on so Brock Lesnar in that match. And it's like an epic near fall. Like yeah. when, And that's what makes the Brock character great in much the same way that the Undertaker character is great. Is that he's not going out there and selling and bumping all the time. No, But when he does, it matters. It means something. That's the key right there. Just like Taker, you know. Taker sells when he needs. He sells on the run. Austin always says that. All right, Brock has just got a championship. Looks like he won a championship title. That cast. Cast. Made of... He's so happy. (laughs) Paper. Made of (laughs) construction paper. Vince is like, give me a cast. <laughs> Boss, what does it look like? It doesn't matter. Paper's fine. You know what I haven't noticed on Taker is the uh, carabiner. Carabiner? I've been looking. I have not seen it. I don't think he wore it for this match. Maybe he didn't want it. He could have clipped him to the cell. Ooh, that would have been smart. Brock could have clipped him to belt. <laughs> to the belt loop. All right, so here we go. Brock is working over that arm. Again, it's simple psychology. And it's a great way to force The Undertaker to sell this dead man character who typically doesn't do that. It's a great way to build sympathy on him um, as a baby face who's struggling and trying to overcome the odds here. Yeah, not a lot of guys can do that to Taker. No, it's very smart. Oh, I did see it. It's it's on the left side of his pants. There you go. The carabiner is there, Randy. Carabiner spotted. The carabiner has been spotted here. I spotted his white calves too and his uh white socks there yeah oh brock oh, going brock for a frankensteiner a swing top rope frankensteiner <laughs> double boot to the chest swing on monkey bars this is great these guys just making it up match. oh boots to the head man i love it yeah brock is about to do a frankensteiner off the top rope like he's wrong. tornado ddt i don't know what he's doing here yeah I don't think he does either. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, that's what it's there for. Death Valley blow. And look at that push. Yeah, Brock went great. halfway across the ring. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, my. Paul Heyman Blood looks like he's in a everybody's head. horror movie. 
<laughs> my October. word. We'd be uh, remiss if we did not mention the opening, the cold open of this show. Yeah. Which remind tell us what happened. Now nah, you remind everybody about it, man. Uh, cold open of the show doesn't have anything happen. And then you see Taker in the locker room. And then Kane comes and sits next to him. And I believe they look at each other and say, hey, how's your week been? It's just, it's, that's it. <laughs> it's so good. Taker. Oh. With Did, a elbow. What was that? Elbow drop off of the top rope. Yeah, sort of like a crab walk elbow yeah. there across the rope. Look at the crowd on their feet. Everybody. Well, not the ones behind the ring announcer, or in the ring, the commentary, but those guys. Now, I may be misremembering here. I believe Taker used to do something like that back in the main Mark Callis days. He did. He used yeah. to walk across and jump. It was like what uh, uh, Xavier Woods does now. Mm-hmm. So he flies way across the ring. But yeah, he would walk across. And then in addition to doing the old school, he'd walk across and then jump and do a diving elbow. Pretty cool for him to bust that out here. Yeah. And Boy, this... Paul Heyman's ponytail is a lot longer back then than it is. It's, he didn't have any more. <laughs> he, d- he doesn't even have any more. You're right. Got it off years ago. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> but his hair is still too. Oh, apron stunner from Brock Lesnar. Oh, a page on a taker's book. Yeah. I like He's that. He's been reading. He's been reading. <laughs> He's been studying. Oh, but look at that bump, dude. I thought Into Brock only read cell. that uh, hunting magazine. Oh, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> or some of Sable's magazines. Yeah, she likes magazines. <laughs> well, if that's where he found her, he didn't even know she was in wrestling. <laughs> He's like, hey. She's <laughs> oh. Again, this company hit... Oh! Suicide What is he, Johnny Gargano yeah, all of a sudden? Oh, it melts my heart to see Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens teaming up together. It is one of my favorite things in wrestling right it's now. It's fun. Yeah, And Candice LeRae's surprising comeback. It's, it's a blast. I'm having fun watching wrestling again. NXT is taking over Monday Night Raw. I love it. NXT takeover Raw. Exactly. <laughs> Look at that. Tope. Suicide dive. It's just great. Oh, Taker getting the hardware. He's getting the stairs. Ooh, but he can't lift. Look at that cell. He couldn't lift it because his hand. That's right. I love it. Ooh. A lot of guys would forget, would not mm-hmm. even pay attention to that. I love that clothesline right there. Huge Remember that clothesline, clothesline on, the, on the, to the, outside. the game? Sure. That was like Brock's clothesline sure. on the SmackDown versus Raw video games. Or I guess it would have been SmackDown. What would have been? Oh, here comes the pain. Well, it would not be No Mercy because Brock wasn't around those times. But Yeah. Can we just talk about No Mercy for a second? That new AEW game looks kind of similar to that stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, man. One thing I gotta adjust the roster now. <laughs> and uh, who knows? Uh, Nothing better than No Mercy in my book. Nope. This is the best wrestling game of all time. Some of I'll the best memories I've ever had with you playing yep. No Mercy together. Yep. Oh! Huge chair shot. Or st- stair shot, excuse yeah. me. Not a stairs stair match. Shot. I don't take nope. it would be in a stairs match in the future. But, uh, no, a chairs match. He was not in a stairs match. No. He's There's in a chairs match, match against Batista. Oh, my goodness. He's got ketchup all over his head. And this is probably the biggest <sighs> blade job of Undertaker's career. Right oh, my He goodness. hits a gusher. <laughs> I'm glad you said blade. Yeah. <laughs> now, we just talked about Sable a few minutes ago, Travis. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> He hits him again, and then he just yaks it. Good lord, toss those stairs oh, like they're blood just pouring out of his head. This is what I remember. This is this 
is what I remember. Taker All is literally blood. gushing blood. You see it dripping out onto the mat. Oh, look at Heyman. Probably, yeah. Just uh, sitting the there cage, in between the cage, blood pouring down his face, laughing maniacally. Cowboy boots on. Um, this is probably one of the bloodiest WWE matches to this point. They were never really as big on blood as like a WCW was right. in NWA. I mean, they had blood for sure. It's definitely in the Attitude Era, but... I, I mentioned it in our episode on this. Uh, I think it's this, and then Cena and later, JBL yeah. and, and JBL and Eddie, Eddie both yeah. have just some absolutely nasty, nasty blood. And yes. uh, Vince versus Zach Gowan a couple years after this. I think hard way. I think Vince <laughs> accidentally busts himself it's, open. It's just pouring out of his oh, face. Spine buster. Spine on the pine. Bloody taker. Nobody's gone for a pin for a while. Well. One, two, kick out in the last second. Nah, not, not even going to do it. Not a forceful kick. Oh, oh it Flair goes for a second pin. Goes for the flare pin. I, I love, love it. it. One of my favorite things. Oh, my. That's terrifying. Every time you turn around, Taker is just pouring blood. Yeah, he he, shoo, had too much baby aspirin before he cut himself. You just didn't see this with The Undertaker, though. No. This isn't the first time he's ever bled, nope. but it was very, very rare. He's yeah, not he Ric Flair been, where he's right. bleeding in every match. Like, it matters when Moxley Taker does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love Moxley. That's one of my things. I, I don't like I mean, how much he bleeds. Stone Cold. Stone Cold bled all the time. Yeah. You know? And his most iconic one was passing down the sharpshooter. Right. You know? And, you know, a lot of time it was great, but a lot of time it was like, did, did we really need that? Yeah. The last time we saw Taker bleed was probably against Austin when they bled all that week up until the right. first blood match. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. They were bloody on the way down the ring, which was dumb. <laughs> I mean, his... Black leather pants, you can see the blood on them. His whole entire face is coming out. It's on the camera. It's on the freaking camera. Oh, my word. This cell job that Brock is doing when Taker's stomping his hand is amazing. This is why this is TVMA right here. Yeah. Yeah. Not for the faint of art. They're not graying this out. Oh, that cell job is fantastic. Yep, Carabiner's swinging. I see it. <laughs> swinging in the wind. The Carabiner, my friend, blowing in the wind. All right, here he goes. Old school. I tell you what, Travis. I have had stitches before. I've, I've cut my I've not. cut my head above uh, or, or right above my eye. I've cut my finger. Was that when you ran into the door? At uh, yeah, school? I opened the door, swung it open, it busted open, and it swung back and hit me in the glasses. Yeah, I remember busted that. Busted me open, got six stitches. Oh! I don't want to be performing at this level when I've got when I'm right. bleeding that tiny right. amount, and I was not bleeding a tenth yeah. of what <gasps> Undertaker is bleeding. Oh my! It is just pouring, dripping off his nose. onto the mat. It's it's ugh, it's gross. <laughs> It's unhealthy. It really is. Yeah, it's excessive. It's an accident. I mean, you can't. Oh, here he goes. Gonna up, for, up for the F5. Oh, nope. Taker's going to get out. Chokes Chokes with the bad hand. How about that? Ooh. Oh! Didn't get all of it because of the bad hand. Nah, he sells it. Takes a minute to go for the cover. 
And again, you can see the blood all over his leather pants. Oh like, it looks like he's Sting in 1998, just painted up red. His, like, his entire face! His entire left side of his face is red. He'd fit in AEW right now, painting half his face. There's about nine guys. My in word. In AEW. It's a little absurd. Goes for the punches again on Brock in the corner. Like at oh, this point, you have eye. you have no idea who's gonna win here. Like both no. guys are like spent, spent giving it yeah. their all. This is I forgot how good this match is. I didn't, but like this is reminding me. Two men just like battling, two warriors, man, giving everything. I might watch this match back with some of my buddies up here that we're getting into wrestling again. You know, oh, uh, great Brock uh, taunting. Oh. Pretend like he's going to go for the last ride. He does the fist raise there. Take her with the back body Flips drop. Flips him over. Flips him out over there. Oh, one of my favorites. The running DDT. I wonder if Taker has these pants somewhere. Man. Probably could take him to a blood mobile. Just wrung him out. <laughs> <laughs> just like a towel. Just wring no, him out. No, they blood not in my pants, though. Oh. Man, ooh, it's just like oozing off his head. Oozing, like a horror movie. Right, it's like it's special effects, but it's, he's just gushing blood. Yeah, I don't think Russ was getting enough credit for blading, too. I mean, you're literally losing blood, I mean, and, and oxygen. No, it doesn't feel good. No. No. It's not it's healthy. Just, no, it's part of the, it's part just, of the art. Yeah, it is. Oh, I know what's happening here. Oh, you think so? Taker in the corner. Ten Brock punches. going for ten Three, punches. Four. Did you see Sheamus do the twenty-five beats of the bout, whatever it's called, the other day on that guy? It was uh-uh. amazing. And last ride out in the corner. Boom. Oh, classic mistake there from Brock. Classic no, I saw uh, Cesaro had the swing on Jericho. I didn't oh, see yeah. the uh, but Taker beats can't the cover. <laughs> because he just uh, lost one, seven two. ounces of blood in the past. Ten seconds. My one gripe with the match was right there. What's that? The rope break in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it's Falls Count anywhere. We've already seen them pinned outside. Blood is in Brock Lesnar's mouth. Undertaker's (laughs) blood is in his mouth right now. (laughs) It's it's like Shark Week. In a shark cage. I'm watching Hostel out here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, a throat slash. Oh. I'm glad you didn't do that when you bladed. Going for the tombstone. He's trying. Which he didn't Good do old. during these times. Right. He never oh, did the tombstone. Rock flips him back. He's going to go for Rock it. Rock's going to go nope. for a tombstone. Oh my. Oh, dude. Beast him up. God, what a nasty F5. One, two, three. That's it's got to it. be it. In a heap of blood. Yeah, no what one kicked out of the F5 back then. That's nope. so good. It was protected like the tombstone was. Yep. No one kicked out. Now, it is cool for a near fall every now and then, but I think Taker's kicked out of like four in one match before, and Roman's kicked out of like oh, five. Things have changed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, man, that was fantastic. And look at this man, Brock Lesnar. He's covered in another man's blood. He's covered in blood, but he is not even... He just busted out of the cage. And look what he's about to do here. And if I'm not mistaken, 
Pritchard said on his show, I believe that this was an audible. I don't know that. I don't know that they were. Supposed I bet to it was. Way. I believe that. Yeah. He goes I and grabs the undisputed title here. He said that this part right here was just a shoot. Brock just like, all right, I'm going up. <laughs> so, yeah, which try to do that nowadays. And we talked about this on our last episode. He's not selling here. He's not selling this beatdown, this brutal match. But it almost kind of works because he is such a yeah. freak. He is yeah. such a unique character that it's like, man, I am just in, in shock that he just defeated The Undertaker in that brutal of a match. And here he is. It doesn't even matter. Yep. Because he's who he Again, it serves the character. How do you, you stop this guy? Yeah. He is wearing The Undertaker's blood all over his body. Yep. And he's still right walking here. out as the champ. This climb up here, according to Pritchard, was just an audible. Yeah. So, here we are. We're going to end the show this way. Got to make sure the belts are on, right? <laughs> very cool moment. Very cool visual very cool. here. Oh, yeah. With that beautiful Undisputed Championship. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I love it. Mikey. Just flexing like he's... Yeah, been through nothing. Again, if a Rey Mysterio won this match and then did this, or Seth Rollins even, and sold, didn't sell, Whew. it wouldn't mean anything. It'd take away from the match. But this guy can not really sell. He pulls it's it off. fine, because it's building that character up. is unbelievable. So, yeah, I love that, dude. That was a fantastic, fantastic match. Still holds up in your eyes? Still the oh. number one for that era? Uh, without question. Yeah. Yeah. Number one with a bullet, man. That's so good. I agree, hundred percent, man. I I like it even more. Gets better with age. Uh, yeah, it's just great to see those guys a match, the styles of which you uh, you just don't see anymore. Definitely not in WWE. No, and that's yeah, no, definitely not. And I, again, probably for the better. Probably for of, the best. <laughs> but yeah, just um, you can still have a good hell on the set, like we talked about, you know, with Cody and Seth. Um, there have been some other ones now, every now and then. But yeah, what a great just. Uh, storytelling match you know with that with the arm and with just the brutality just phenomenal just that's wrestling man that's the art form right there bingo bingo uh, well i yeah. encourage uh if you didn't watch it along with us i encourage all you listening to go revisit this 20 years after the fact here uh, uh to Golly. october 2002 that's like that's just time is funny it's been 20 years since that that's yep. crazy man yep we were in high school I was thinking about the other day, like, it's been 11 years since Punk's pipe bomb. Yeah. Which, think about <laughs> Like, that's just, that's just weird. And, like, since NWO, I was talking about, like, it's been 26 years since NWO. That's just wild. Like, to think about, from, like, go back 26 years from NWO. It would have been 1970. It would have been 26 right. years before the NWO. That's just crazy to think about, you know, like. It's weird. No, so. I mean, in my head, it was 2006 last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, 20 years back from this match would have been, what, 82? Before Wrestle- there was no WrestleMania. No, I th- you know, somebody online, you know, they talked. They said uh, they were talking about the uh, DX 25th anniversary, which is going to be mm-hmm. on Raw uh, yeah. in, in a couple weeks from now. It's like, imagine if in 1998, in the middle of the Attitude Era, they had, like, the Bruno San Martino superstar Billy Graham, like 25th yeah. anniversary in the middle of Raw. Like, yeah. what, what would you be thinking yeah. right then? Like, it's just a, it's a weird time. It's it a different is. time. It is. But anyway. anyway. Well, 
I want to give a shout out uh, to a friend of the show, Jokerius Torrance. Uh, he is a no incredible doubt. Undertaker cosplayer. Cosplay. And uh, he commented on one of our posts uh, preview in this episode, said one of the most brutal matches Taker ever had. Nothing compared on how these two went all out. People say Brock ended the streak and their other two matches or their other previous matches were top notch. But this match, the 2002 Hell in a Cell, proved me wrong on how Brock could be the true next big thing. So kind of, you know, saying and didn't believe in Brock up until this point, but this match proved him wrong, and this match is truly one of the most brutal Undertaker ever had. This is probably my favorite Brock-Taker match. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah they, they've had a number of them, and they're usually uh-huh. good, but I think this is the best one without question. Yeah. It's crazy that your best one is your first one, and he's so young. <laughs> yeah. Usually you get better like, the more you work with right. Right It's crazy. The Brock so. had that ability all the way back then, and here yeah. he is still these days pulling out great matches. Yeah, good stuff, man. Well, if you were there, we'd like to know. Of course. If you were there, No Mercy 2002, 20 years ago, we'd love to hear your memories 20 years from now. Uh, and if you watch this match during this month, please hit us up on social media at Talking Taker, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know where to find us at this point, at Talking Taker. Interact with us. Let us know. Leave a comment on our YouTube page as well for this episode. Of course, you can watch the full video versions of our podcast on our YouTube channel. We'd love to you subscribe. Bye my closet. Subscribe live from Travis's closet, live from the basement, the prep room here, as I call it. Uh, subscribe because it's not the only thing you're getting. You're not just getting podcasts. You're getting uh, uh, Undertaker toy unboxings, figure unboxings that I'm doing on there. You've got vlogs, vlogs from our SummerSlam trip. If you haven't ever checked that out, that is on our YouTube page. Exclusive stuff goes on the YouTube page that doesn't go on the podcast feed. So you got to subscribe to YouTube and you got to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a rating and review wherever you do listen. And we are out there everywhere on the podcast feeds. Speaking of podcasts, I got to shout out our friends, uh, the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast. They are uh, continuing through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. They actually just put out an episode covering the end of their chronological coverage of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So they covered all the way up to his appearance in 2020, that first week of the pandemic. You remember that, Travis? 316 day, the first pandemic episode of Raw. So they just uh, covered that. Uh, they're not done by any means. Of course, we got to do the one from this year, right? They did do one on that one, uh, and, but they're going to go back and, and do another one as well. But they did yeah. one uh, right right doing. after WrestleMania. Yeah, and uh, they're doing some very fun stuff on stunning Steve Austin in WCW nice. as well. I've really enjoyed those episodes. Uh, of course, go check them out. Go check out our uh, other podcast or our other brother podcast, Collecting Dead Man. Uh, who is going through uh, The Undertaker's career and his memorabilia in a uh, unique way, different than this one. Uh, I want to shout out Steven from the Collecting Dead Man podcast. He has been uh, sent me uh, some random Undertaker gifts, sent me an Undertaker Christmas ornament. Uh, nice. And, uh, also saw per- that. Yeah, purchased a couple figures from him as well, so I uh, always appreciate Steven. And shout out friend of the show, Randy Turco, who uh, was looking out for the Undertaker uh, Superstars figure that's recently been out and sent that to me as well. Uh, Did you win that out. one from Wrestling Inc. yet? With the... I didn't win that one, man. Oh, didn't dang. win that contest. 
did the giveaway. Didn't win. Had the one. tag title. The WCW tag title. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Want to shout out another friend of the show, Watch Along Tommy, always a great friend of ours. Uh, he was at the recent, he was at the Grand Slam, the AEW Grand Slam, and he texted me while I was there and said, um, he basically was trying to do the equivalent of what you were doing at SummerSlam, Travis, uh, trying to yeah. to see everybody, and uh, people were confused by it, had no idea what was going on, except he was doing the uh, acclaimed scissor me sort of deal with them wow. and uh, people were just like didn't know what to do with them so wrestling fans just it's like the most over thing in AEW right now they just get confused when you go up to them that's why I love doing it that's why I love it shout out to an, another listener or watcher of the show Thomas Rodriguez who uh, comments on our YouTube videos all the time the shout boss. out to you Thomas uh, seems like you hate our show half the time but uh <laughs> We appreciate you listening, whether you like us or not, man. Uh, enjoy reading your comments, dude, no matter what happens. He, he hates NXT, though. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about NXT around Thomas. Uh, he right, 2.0 is gone. It's back to 1.0. Uh, and I want to shout out a friend of ours. Uh, he's not a, I don't think he's a listener on the show, but he's a friend of yours personally, Caleb Bacon. Uh, we talked about your music, Travis. I want to shout out our buddy Caleb. He's got some new music out on Spotify. Caleb Bacon, you can listen to his new album, Good Times, on Spotify for some good times, some good summer listening music year, as we're in October, but uh, some good summertime listening. He's the one, if you guys will remember, we have talked about to WrestleMania 27 with us and had to leave early. And, uh, and then also we talked about him. You asked memories of... Uh, some show and all he said was like Dudley Moore. <laughs> something, something stupid. Yeah. Something stupid, yeah. So yeah, Caleb's been on there before mentioned, but yeah, he's got new tunes out, so check those out. Good dude, good dude. Check him out. Uh, t-shirts at tpublic.com, as we've already mentioned. Uh, you can get one of those, support the show, and look as cool as Travis does. Get a picture with Undertaker, we will send you out something. Get on TV and a tra- Talking Taker shirt, we'll send you out something. Travis, next month, man, what are we doing? November. What's the November episode going to be? Oh, we're just going to listen to November Rain over and over again <laughs> for an hour. All right, deep dive on November Rain by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Taking a break. We'll let you guys know what we're doing. November 1st, we'll be here with a brand new Talking Taker. And uh, be sure to check out the podcast feed. We'll try to bring another classic Talking Taper episode back from the dead for you to revisit there before we get to that one as well. Uh, man, I think I hit everything. I have, I think I hit uh, everything I wanted to hit. You got anything else to plug besides Bridges available now? Uh, those? Nope. <laughs> Nothing. Bridges is available now on all streaming platforms. It's out there, Check it man. out. Check me out at Bristol for the last time this year. So we'll see what happens after that. But anyway, yeah, thank y'all for your support. I'm talking Taker. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy Extreme Rules in a week if you're listening to this on time. And, uh, yeah, uh, we hope to see you next month with whatever we're going to bring to you. Check it out. Uh, stay safe out there. And if you were there, we want to know about it at No Mercy 2002. And as always, Uber of Uber importance, take her easy. Tracy Dowley, and you're watching Hot Enough for Hollywood. 
Each week, we visit a different city in search of the hottest women in that town. Then a panel of industry experts decide if she's hot enough for Hollywood. If she is, then she gets $1,000 and a chance to compete against women from other cities for a modeling contract and $25,000. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some of the most beautiful women in America. I'm Tracy Daly, and we'll be right back.